Bailey. Welcome to Pros Tinted Glasses. <laughs> I'm Bailey. And I'm Katie. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about, uh, I was on TikTok the other day and I saw multiple TikToks romanticizing 2012 Tumblr aesthetic. Oh God. Which can generally be distilled down to like the crushed Marlboro package, Doc Martens, cat tights, and circle skirts. Um, <laughs> and while I never did quite manage to dress like that, that was definitely the era of Tumblr that I remember most distinctly. And yeah, the whole, like, scene kit aesthetic. Yeah. And so now, seeing that, I was like, oh my, oh my god, no. <laughs> and then, of course, I started seeing the romanticism romanticization of going to high school in like the 2000s oh my gosh i saw one the other day that was like the layering of tank tops and i felt so called out just drive to my house and punch me in the face it would be nicer right i mm -mm. that was definitely a thing too but (laughs) the uh tumblr and the soundtrack to 2012 tumblr for me is always always am by the arctic monkeys actually don't think I know that song off the top of my head. Oh, no, that's the whole album. You're fine. Oh, then I I am uncultured. How could I be on a podcast with you and you don't know AM by the Arctic Monkeys? <laughs> it's like, do, do I want to know? Why do you only call me when you're high? Oh, it's okay. I will be sending you all of these. That's your homework for when we're done. Okay. Okay. I look forward to it. Being on Tumblr back then was definitely an interesting time. And now being on TikTok, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of the same things happening with, you know, a more modern video variation of it. Yeah, it's like a straight up deja vu in some instances, the way that TikTok is just repeating all of Tumblr's mistakes. The Green Brothers are not a mistake, but they do still feature heavily in both of these platforms. Yeah, it's kind of wild. For those of you who were not um, on Tumblr in this era, John Green had one of the most followed Tumblrs, and his posts were everywhere. And he's actually responsible for fundamentally changing the platform. His username was Fishing Boat Proceeds. Uh, I don't know why, but that was his username. And he made some post and somebody reblogged it and back in those days you could just edit someone else's post when you reblogged it there was nothing stopping you and somebody reblogged it and changed it to say a bunch of like really vulgar terrible shit and it just started um going viral on tumblr and john green single-handedly made tumblr I don't I don't know that he like went to Tumblr and like got up in arms about it, but like that incident caused Tumblr to remove the ability to edit other people's posts, which is honestly a wild thing that that ever existed. Right. He has gone on record, I believe, saying he didn't go to Tumblr about it, but as a platform, Tumblr was like, oh shit, this has huge potential for problems. Mm-hmm. John Green was kind of like, wow, shit happens. I am uncomfortable with what it was changed to, but that is what it is. And then Tumblr was like, well, things could be a lot worse than what this was. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and at the time, John Green was really the, like, quote unquote, famous brother of the Vlogbrothers. They had a YouTube. They had a whole lot going on together, but John Green's books and his Tumblr fame are what Mm -hmm. really he was known for. And um, Hank was just the brother. Yeah, like people knew about Hank and and he just John was the famous one. Um it's really funny now watching all of the TikTok people um learn about Hank Green. Like there was one talking about his singing voice and how he should make an album of music and Hank was like, "Please God, nobody tell them <laughs> about all of the music that he has made in the past." Right. As like someone who knows all of this, this history with the Green Brothers and getting to watch it happen or people being like, oh, my God, are you related to that guy? The one who wrote that book? (laughs) And Hank's like, well, so you see, I also wrote a book. (laughs) And by the way, it's very good. Mm -hmm. Co-signed. I remember when I first saw Hank Green on TikTok, I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Vlog Brothers and 
Turns out a lot of people in his comments and his follows had no idea what that meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's interesting just how drastically the balance has shifted into like, you know, John Crean hasn't released a, a fiction book in a few years. I know his new book is coming out soon, but it's nonfiction. And so I think he's a little bit less culturally relevant from an authorship standpoint. I mean, I think his books had a huge impact, but he hasn't been putting them out as much recently. Hank has been putting out books and now he's so active on TikTok and he's just, you know, they've just totally swapped roles as to like which one is more well-known in the public eye, at least on TikTok. Right. And I do feel like part of the thing with Hank Green is that he went, not Hank, oh my God. I do feel like part of the thing with John Green is he wrote books that sparked a lot of discourse mm-hmm. and it went very, oh my gosh, John Green is changing the game to like, oh my gosh, John Green did the very thing he set out to make fun of. And uh, now it's cool to hate on John Green for writing the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. So that I think contributed to this sort of swap. One one hill goes up and down while the other's climbing. It's I'm doing hand motions that you cannot see because this is an audio format. <laughs> They're very helpful hand motions. Maybe I will have to recreate them for our Instagram so you all can reference it after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And that was one of the things is that on Tumblr, that's where a lot of this discourse happened in fandoms. Mm-hmm. So not that I think that there's like a great name for fandoms for like looking for Alaska or the Fault in Our Stars, but that's where you went to talk about things like this. You didn't have book talk. Mm-hmm. You went to Tumblr to talk about it. And all these other fandoms, which I feel like we're seeing on TikTok now, not just with book talk, because that's a general format for book discussion but for fandoms i see tiktoks that are deep theory discussion for fandoms like harry potter Mm -hmm. yeah so back in tumblr state the core fandoms i would say were obviously harry potter and then also doctor who supernatural and sherlock and more specifically and more mortifyingly super hulak which is the combination of the last three properties. And it was a thing. People would mm-hmm. ask, oh, are you super Hulak? And if you said, no, I only am a Supernatural fan, they'd be like, oh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> okay, well then, that's fine, I guess. Yeah, people would, would make GIF edits of all three shows. Entire blogs were Super Hulak blogs. It was like a deeply cursed and hilarious place. You honestly, there was no Tumblr post that was not eventually infected with super hulak gifts. I mean, it still to this day causes a visceral reaction. <laughs> I saw a super hulak post on my Facebook feed. It was a screenshot of a Tumblr super hulak post, and I recoiled from my phone physically. Wow, I hate that. I hate that for you. We should never have been, we should never be subjected to Super Hulak again. Even though, like, individually, I still like each of the properties. Um, I mean, they all have problems and we can talk about that sometime. But um, the combination of the fandom was just a, a real special moment in cultural history. It was a unique situation. It very much had a tendency to be toxic. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very gatekeepy, but it was integral to tumblr's landscape at the time you as katie said you could not escape super hulak because that fandom got their hands on every post mm-hmm. yeah and what we're seeing on tiktok is a resurgence of the idea of fandom in general i think i think it's a really interesting place for creators in the fandom space but also a resurgent of those core fandoms. You know, we see a lot of Harry Potter content on TikTok. There, I see less Doctor Who and Sherlock content, but I do see a bunch of Supernatural content. I think that is mainly stemming from the Destiel resurgence in November of 2020. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's probably associated with it. That, and I think after Super Hulak, Doctor Who fans are still out there, but it's it's no longer en vogue 
in the same way. It's cool to be a Doctor Who fan, but no one just, at least I don't see, oh wait, there's a global pandemic. I don't see anybody in pu- in public, but <laughs> I don't see people in public just dressed as the most recent Doctor, which I feel like I did during this Tumblr era. And not just at a Renaissance festival, just in regular life, which <laughs> look, wear whatever you want. I'm just saying I've never seen anyone dressed as the current Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think probably the mo- two most recent Doctors have, they're just not as popular as 10 and 11 were. I mean, David Tennant and Matt Smith were very, very popular in particular. It's very hard to argue with that. Yeah. And so I think there's a little bit of a natural decline, but I also agree that it's just... It's still cool to be a fan. It's just no longer, no one is making it their personality anymore, which is part of the change. And so I'm sure if I search the Doctor Who tag on TikTok, I would come up with stuff. Because I'm confident there's still people out there cosplaying as the Doctor. Oh, for sure. I've definitely seen them occasionally on my For You page. They're just not as ever-present as Supernatural or especially Harry Potter or any of the, what I would have considered back in 2012 Tumblr days to be like ancillary fandoms, like side fandoms, ones that um, pretty much everyone on Tumblr participated in to some degree, but there were way fewer dedicated blogs to these fandoms, such as Glee and the resurgence of Matthew Morrison hate, which is one of my favorite things. One of my friends actually just texted me that he just watched Glee for the first time all the way through in the year 2021. And he he was like, it holds up way worse than you would imagine. No, that means it doesn't hold up at all. Because in my understanding, as someone that's never watched Glee and is now never going to, to make myself, it doesn't stand up at all. No, it, it just falls. And it's I feel like I would physically cringe at 90% of the content in Glee. But I remember seeing it on my Tumblr dash and being like, oh, okay. And it wasn't until very recently that it started being like, what the fuck was Glee doing? Yeah, Glee was basically a hate crime. Yeah. Um, But I I mean, I enjoyed it at the time. And again, it's one of those that's having a big resurgence on TikTok. One of my favorite TikTok creators is a girl who cosplays as Britney from Glee and then deposits her into other fandom properties. And it is so delightful. I'm going to have to look up her username. I have actually seen those. It's funny because I feel like with the ancillary fandoms here, Glee, and then also Team Woof, I have gotten all of my information from Tumblr. I did not ever watch Team Woof, but guys, I was just like completely team styles because I got all my information on Tumblr and I was like, yeah, I shipped them. Didn't know the characters, have no idea if anything that if there was actually like queer baiting going on that stood up for this ship. I I just saw it on Tumblr and I was like, yeah, that's fair. I, I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is also fair and fine. Teen Wolf is another one that is all over at least my TikTok for you page. A li- it's died down a little bit, but there were... There was a span of a few months where I saw lots of Teen Wolf TikToks, and it's funny that it's come back around that way. By the way, I looked up the creator on TikTok that does the Britney cosplays is at Katie Lem 16 Lem with two M's, and she's just a delight. Yes, they are always very fun, even if I don't necessarily get the Britney references she's trying to make. <laughs> they're fun. I didn't see any Teen Wolf, but I could see it because... TikTok is opening up a new way for everyone to experience fandom. Mm -hmm. And it's a different platform for experimenting with new things, um, especially original characters. Yeah, this is one of those things that is almost like there were role playing blogs on Tumblr and there are places you could do it. But I think it was almost seen as cringy back then to like outside of making fan fiction, which everyone was fine with. But just sort of role-playing specifically as, like, OCs in fandoms, I think, is not necessarily a new thing, but it's it's way more accepted now, which is fun, because a lot of them are really fun. Right. I remember role-playing blogs. If you couldn't get the character you wanted, you would start a new blog group for you to be mm-hmm. able to role-play a character, because it wasn't a thing to introduce OCs. Mm-hmm. You had to be one of the main characters, so, and this this is going to date me. Okay, but mm-hmm. I remember when there were like role-playing blogs for The Click by Lisey Harrison. 
<laughs> but there's only four main characters, so <laughs> there were so many. It's It wasn't like, even with Harry Potter, you could roleplay as so many other characters that played a role mm-hmm. and that you could create a bigger role for, like Ginny or Fred and George. The Click had like a rotating cast of characters outside of the main four or six. And of course, this was a lot of a younger fandom, so no one ever wanted to be the not popular four girls, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I, I swear on TikTok, especially with the Marauders and the Harry Potter fandom, the original characters are just so cool. There's so many. Mm-hmm. And I love that we're seeing something new out of it. Yeah, it's really interesting. And they're really engaging in a way that I wouldn't have expected if you had told me that this was going to take off. But there's a bunch of creators that do really interesting original characters. One of my favorites is uh, the Hufflepuff best friend. Gosh, what's her username? I'm going to just... Morgan. Morgan, yes. Um, It's like Morgan Arrivederci. Yes, something like that. I'd have to, we can probably put this in show notes because I feel like that's a hard one to spell. Yes, but that that is her username. And she does um these just adorable videos where she's your Hufflepuff best friend. And it brings me so much joy. My favorite theme is her trying to befriend Draco and just ignoring when he's a grumpy Slytherin. <laughs> Yes, they're very good. And then her and Luna, like, doing their makeup. That's always so cute. Another point that you sort of touched on when you mentioned the Marauders is that Harry Potter has researched, but more specifically, the Marauders fandom has really taken on a new life. And it's become a huge and crazy beast, which is really interesting. I've always been a Marauders stan. Personally, it was always my favorite era. Most of the Harry Potter fanfic I read when I was younger was Marauders era. And more specifically, like all the all the young dudes fandom that has cropped up. So it's taking on this new life of fandom and almost shifting the focus away from the original text, which is, I think, why we gravitate towards the Marauders, because there's less canon information. And so there's more room for creativity. And then also All the Young Dudes is such a popular fic, and (laughs) then we can stop centering Joanne in all of our HP discourse. I was going to say something along those lines is that I think part of the Marauders resurgence is that it feels like something the fandom has really been able to take and do on their own. There's not, we're not locked in by canon for it. And also, yeah, we're decentering that and and sort of having our (laughs) own thing and as someone that did not really read a lot of fanfic, I will have to read all the young dudes at some point. I just, mm-hmm. did I call it the right thing? Oh my god. All the young dudes, yeah. Okay, cool. I always see the acronym, so I've just given it words in my brain instead of actually <laughs> paying attention to what it's called. But they, that's definitely something I see all the time. And TikTok has given rise to other fandoms too. Criminal Minds in particular is so hugely popular on TikTok. And maybe I was just in the wrong places on Tumblr, but I don't remember it being as big of a thing. I don't either. I feel like Criminal Minds was something... No, don't get me wrong. Like, we watched it. My sister watched it all the time. But it felt something... Felt more like something that your parents watched. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that plays a role is that the Tumblr age group that I saw a lot of posts from, people who are active on Tumblr didn't really watch Criminal Minds and now it is also so bingeable Mm -hmm. and I feel like that allows you to get to know the characters better than the serial format that it came out in which is fine but I watched a lot of Criminal Minds in reruns on daytime television so I didn't necessarily get to follow the through line that they put in the the storyline about the characters I got to follow the criminal of the week yeah I remember one of my friends in high school brought it up semi-frequently and i'm honestly not sure why i never watched it i watched like all of the crime procedurals back in the day all the law and orders all the csis all the ncis's oh i lived for ncis and csi yes yes uh but criminal minds just never made it onto my radar for whatever reason but it sure has now i did binge the first 12 seasons um pretty early-ish on in quarantine and then at the time the last three seasons were not on streaming now they are but now it's almost at the point where i'd rather just start back over from the beginning so that might be my next uh, binge project so i i also want to just throw in this side comment which probably deserves a lot more explanation than i'm giving it right now but everyone acts like the true crime podcast i don't want to use the word fandom here but every you know the 
all these people listen to true crime podcasts. It came out of nowhere. This wasn't a big thing. Yes, it was. We had all these like <laughs> crime procedurals. And when we stopped having those on television in the same way, where everything with law and order all the time, CSI, there were what, four versions of CSI. Mm-hmm. And now instead of watching those, we listen to true crime podcasts. Oh, I wonder if those are related. Tangent over. <laughs> I have many, many thoughts on the true crime podcasting industry that we definitely will have to get into another time. But that's a really great point that that sort of filled the void of when I'm, I don't think a lot of them went off the air. It just became like I wasn't watching CSI every week in college, you know, just as I grew up, I wasn't sitting in front of my television every week. And then with the rise of streaming, I don't do very much appointment television anyway. Right. And so they just kind of drifted out of our lives for a period. And I also think, I mean, my parents continued to watch them weekly, but I also think at some point when they've been on the air for so long, if it's all the same characters, you either need to be so deeply invested that you have these connections from the early seasons, or you're just not invested and you'll watch an episode if it's on, but you're not going to go binge it. Mm-hmm. I agree completely, especially with shows like SVU, which are, are very much more geared towards the villain of the week than the overarching storylines. Like, I can just watch any episode of SVU at any time. Right, exactly. With no context. And I think podcasts do a really good job of being able to be jump in, jump out like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe some of these shows don't do that as well anymore. But again, anyway, that was just a thought that came to me as we were talking about Criminal Minds and how all of that's ever evolving and not in a vacuum. Okay, but can you imagine how cringy true crime podcast 2012 Tumblr would have been? No, no, I don't. <laughs> if we think there's like bad, like fangirls for that shit now, just ooh, imagine like a super hulock, but of true crime. I can't, I cannot. <laughs> oh, it would have been something special. No, thank you. I would like off this timeline now. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a really terrible segue. We were talking about true crime shows, including CSI, which focused the science side of true crime of crime perfect i loved it which brings us on to the science (laughs) side of tumblr which the science side of tumblr was really a thing that got invoked on posts it wasn't there was no one you tagged so on tiktok now you just you just tag hank green Mm -hmm. which we'll get to in a second but back back then if you saw a post that had a fun fact you would reblog it and add the comment science side of tumblr what is going on and someone it would if you tagged it it would eventually get to someone who could explain like why this happened and then you would reblock it and you'd say thanks science side of tumblr Mm -hmm. yeah it happened so frequently and it was kind of a delight but it was also i mean it was funny how people started adding it and just memeing it and adding it onto posts that had nothing to do with science but then science side of tumblr would still find a scientific explanation for the thing truly it they tried to meme it but it only sort of worked because there are so many people out there that have such niche knowledge and uh, they were mm-hmm. apparently all on tumblr yeah it was truly special but nowadays in the tiktok era uh we have as bailey mentioned hank green is basically the science side of tiktok but there are lots of other creators that are doing similar work that have brought up interesting discourse. I don't know how to pronounce this, but I've been saying Kavatica. What would you say? I would say Kavatica. So it's just, it's the difference of the A announced. <laughs> a stress. Kavatica? Okay, we'll go with that one. But at Kavatica, C A V A T I C A, is a really great creator on TikTok and she does a lot of science communicating work. And there was this reckoning basically where she made a post about something that she's very knowledgeable in and somebody in the comments tagged hank green and was basically science side of tumblring her tiktok post and was like hank green is this real and she i'll have to find the video that we can link in the show notes or something but she replied to that comment was like you don't you you can't do this like i am a woman who knows what i'm talking about it is very Sex like nobody tags somebody else on Hank's Green Hank Green's posts asking them to fact check him. Right. And no this is not to diminish at all what happened to Kavatica, but like this is what happens when you memify Hank Green having all the answers, is that mm-hmm. you don't stop to think about the fact that it can affect other creators. And then 
I follow someone's side time with Tracy. She has been working a lot to help dispel information, uh, misinformation around COVID and the vaccines and things like that. And mm-hmm. so there's there's people out there on TikTok who are extremely knowledge and knowledgeable in their specialized fields. I follow someone who is very focused on environmentalism. I believe her at is Garbage Queen, <laughs> but she's very focused on education for that. And so we don't need to go to Hank Green for everything. Yes, he's funny. Yes, he keeps up on the memes, but it's completely unnecessary to try and fact check someone else like that on on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. And th- like, there's been other drama with Cavatica and with Katie Asaurus, who um, is another creator that we really like, where they were both banned from tiktok i don't think i ever knew exactly what happened i assume it's from basically trolls reporting their page enough times that tiktok bans them and they both had a hard time getting their accounts reinstated even though they provably did nothing wrong and were just you know using their platforms to promote science Right. I believe that Katie Asaurus was doing a lot of posting about trying to educate people on ADHD. And that's what she was focusing on right when she got banned. And so it was mm-hmm. like, what is TikTok trying to say here? And again, you know, Hank Green's never been kicked off of TikTok. No, even when he spends multiple TikToks telling people not to eat grass. <laughs> but that's a big difference between the Tumblr days of yore and TikTok. TikTok is fairly heavily moderated whereas tumblr was just the wild west i remember when alex jones got a tumblr and he was like this is the only place that'll let me use free speech and he just got so relentlessly bullied by the users of tumblr the platform did nothing but the users of tumblr (laughs) bullied him so heinously that he did delete his tumblr yeah, I mean, so moderation can be a good thing. Moderation can be a bad thing. Uh, sometimes, apparently, you need to let the people do their work. Don't bully anybody. TikTok's moderation seems to be weaponized in a way that I don't like in terms of, you know, the Kavatica and the Katiosaurus bannings and then them having a hard time getting their platforms back. And also, the day after the Atlanta attacks on the Asian communities, the TikTok algorithm did something to basically suppress revolutionary content and everybody's for you page was broken you know the algorithm was like switched off or something or they were giving you what they deemed to be more harmless tiktoks to suppress information yeah so creators were not having their videos viewed i mean creators know how many views their average video gets and when it's Mm -hmm. a few thousand less views in a short period of time than they normally get like it's clear something was going on and then when they continued to try and post about that the videos would go under review Mm -hmm. Uh, that definitely is not something that is similar between the two and not something i like to see i'm the same as you katie it's not it's unsettling that they have that ability but also that they choose to weaponize it the way that they do Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that we all need to think about when we're using tiktok Mm -hmm. because it is a fun platform with all of these creators that do amazing creative uh, informative things that we're ultimately not in control Mm -hmm. but maybe maybe some moderation is good i suppose because we could talk about that time that i was in one of the largest lecture halls at purdue in the middle of class (laughs) And someone sent me a text message telling me to check out this Tumblr page. It was this woman who was a DJ and I should go look at it. And um, she did more than DJ. She also did (laughs) porn. And um, so when I opened her Tumblr page, because I'm in class, I'm not paying attention. That's not necessary. I'm just on Mm -hmm. my computer, like, to do tumblr.com slash, and uh, popped up with porn, slammed my laptop shut in the middle (laughs) of class, and texted that friend back, like, what in the world did you just do? (laughs) So, uh, that, (laughs) maybe a modicum of moderation, like a a click-through, like, this page has 18-plus content on it, could have helped me there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that brings us back to another uh, moment in Tumblr history, is when they got rid of the porn. Well, they tried. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's there's 
much less porn on Tumblr now. Oh, yeah. I It's no longer just randomly reblogged into your feed. Yeah, it's exactly like... Yes. Um. So that was a big moment when Tumblr decided to get rid of the porn and everyone was uh, decrying the choice. I personally did not use Tumblr for porn, so it did not affect me very much. But there were lots of people who used it kind of like OnlyFans before OnlyFans, I think. And so right, I think there were sex workers that were upset and annoyed about it. And also, I think it's just Tumblr users are very resistant to um, change or moderation in any form, and people were not happy about it. Do you remember when they changed the color, the blue color in the background of your dash? I do remember, and I was pissed about it. It wasn't as good of a blue. No. I digress. We Tumblr users are resistant to change. But yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I definitely think it was... The before OnlyFans, OnlyFans, it was a way to gain a following. You had to go off platform to do more of the actual like money exchanging, content mm-hmm. exchanging, but you could put yourself out there on a blog and get reblogged, and that would bring you sex work, which quarantine has definitely, I think, changed the way a lot of people see that sort of sex work. And I think that might be part of why it was on Tumblr in the first place is that mm-hmm. Tumblr was less moderated and more open to those sort of considered fringe of society things. Yeah. But that whole debacle of people being afraid that Tumblr was ending based on the, the porn ban is why there's, I'll have to, again, I'm going to have to search up so many TikToks for this episode, but there was a TikTok where it was like, everyone was freaking out about Trump, trying to ban TikTok and all the formal firm, former Tumblr users were just like sitting back sipping our coffee like it's it's going to be fine. We've been through this before. Oh, we're doing this again? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, there have been multiple buyouts. There's been multiple platform changes. Uh, it's just been uh Tumblr has has been done through it a little bit. <laughs> and do I think it ruined Tumblr? No, I actually do feel much better about using Tumblr in public now <laughs> because I will. I, I know it's going to show up on my dash now. By the way, I, did we ever explain this? If you're not, if you never use Tumblr, if it's not big to you, your dash is your dashboard. It's your news feed. It's your for you page for the youths. Although it's not, it's only people you follow. It's not. It doesn't pull in random posts unless you follow a tag. If you follow a tag, yeah. it'll pull in random posts that are tagged with that. But. Mm-hmm. I've never followed a tag because I'm old school and I used to be very focused on mutuals. I don't know how to follow tags because I'm an old now. It's a new feature, (laughs) I think. Like, I don't remember being able to do it when I was big on Tumblr, but I do. Like, I know it was a big thing to have your mutuals, which I guess we do see Mm -hmm. some on TikTok, especially with stitches or um, not actual stitches, but where people collaborate even virtually to create TikToks. Mm-hmm. Where you don't know these people in real life, but they follow you, you follow them, you're interested in similar things, so you talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mutuals, I think, is, um, I'm just, I was just going to repeat what you were, what you said. I agree. Cool, I'm right, and I should say it. <laughs> you're right, and you should say it. Uh, there are also all this, all of these meta trends that happened on both Tumblr and now TikTok, such as um, Synthrat on TikTok. I got synth ratted recently, and I'm so, I was so mad about it. I messaged Bailey and I was like, I cannot believe I just got synth ratted. It had been months. I forgot synth rat existed, and of course, when you forget synth rat exists, that's exactly when you get synth ratted. That's exactly when you get synth ratted. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with synth rat, basically, you'd be watching a totally normal TikTok, and then sub it would like shift, and there would be a person dressed in like a mascot costume of a rat playing a synth and that was synth rat (laughs) and it would it would be you had no idea that this was coming it wasn't tagged with anything Mm -hmm. just a completely normal video bam synth synth rat uh and there was also the the poland flag ones that i got a lot where again it would be a normal video or like a picture of something totally normal and then the creator would zoom in until they got to a spot where they could like rotate it and it would be the f- the Polish flag which is red and white that was a short-lived but hilarious meta trend like i i did not ever fail to find those funny even after 
a couple of, I don't know, probably like a month, I'd be like, yeah, I know this is coming now, but I find it funny. <laughs> yes. And these are all very similar in vain to The Sky is Blue on Tumblr. Bailey, do you want to explain that one for us? I don't know how to explain this to someone that didn't experience <laughs> The Sky is Blue or like the color of the sky. Uh-huh. Basically, it would it would look like a normal post at the top of your dash. But as you scrolled, it would go on and on and on. And it was just slowly the fading of the sky from like blue through sunset to black, lightening up to sunrise back to white. And it would be like something, something in the color, the color of the sky. And it was one of the longest posts I've ever, I mean, if you were on mobile, you were scrolling forever because this mm-hmm. post was multiple pages of your dash. And then when they changed the blue color, it didn't work as well because it no longer blended in with the background of your dash. So it couldn't surprise, <laughs> like the blue couldn't surprise you as well. But it was again, like Synthrat, where like you are just looking at something that appears to be a completely normal post. And instead you're subjected to this long, scrolling, <laughs> endless color of the sky. I still see it occasionally. <laughs> and with Tumblr, like on TikTok, you can just swipe and go to the next one. With Tumblr, you just had to keep scrolling until you could escape. Right. Unless you wanted to close the app if you were on mobile or close the website, but then you would lose your place on your dash. So if you'd Mm -hmm. scrolled really far down and you knew there were new posts you hadn't seen yet, you just had to suffer through this post. (laughs) But one that's maybe even more recognizable for most people is incorrect X quotes. So, and sort of how you dub a sound to say some to say or act out something else, but you're saying the words of the sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So incorrect, like pick a fandom. Inc- incorrect Brooklyn Nine Nine quotes. Incorrect Harry Potter quotes. Incorrect. I've run out of things. Those are the only two fandoms. I've honestly, I've seen incorrect. No, no, no. Incorrect Dallas Stars quotes. Sure. Yeah. That's that's and one. It'll, yeah. It'll be like uh, something an injury, and it'll be like, no, I'm bleeding internally. That's where the blood is supposed to be. <laughs> so it's like a just it's a Brooklyn Nine Nine like, and then you pick one of the like doofiest hockey players to say that, but also like a. T- Tyler Sagan. I was gonna say it, but I wasn't <laughs> sure that it was Tyler Sagan that this particular block used. But yeah, like those are the kind of thing, and it's the same sort of idea to me as when you're using this sound and you're lip syncing to the words of the sound, but in your captions you're sort of dubbing something else or you're acting out something else. Mm-hmm. The incorrect quotes are still so funny to me. We've been doing this for years, and I still yeah yes I I still love them very much, and I think that. You are correct that it's basically just video audio version of the exact, the the same, it's the same meme. It's just a different format of the meme. Yeah. And it will never not get old. I mean, I even follow, like, I found a blog that does incorrect Grishaverse quotes. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I I think I've sent you a bunch of them, probably. I think so, too. And maybe you haven't, you probably aren't reading, like, the blog name to realize that they're literally all just coming from this same blog. (laughs) (laughs) Memes are delightful. Does that make me... I, I felt like such an old person saying that just now. But. Memes are delightful. <laughs> Memes are yeah. delightful. Okay. Oof. I won't tell. Another interesting consequence of TikTok just being Tumblr again is that there's been a big resurgence or replatforming of weird fandom conspiracy theories. And the two that come most to mind are, of course... Larry and Kaler. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe we're rehashing Larry. Yes. Um, for those of you who were not teen girls in the noughties. Or didn't work at Justice for way too long. <laughs> Larry is the ship name of Louie and Harry from One Direction, right? It's Louie, or was it Liam? It was Louie. I don't even know. <laughs> this is so bad. Hold on, let me Google it. Fuck, yeah, I, I gotta know. <laughs> We're we're old gay we're old I was I was never really in the One Direction fandom, so in my defense. I just basically know about Larry. Okay, it was definitely Louie. It was Louie, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was never really into One Direction either. Like I said, I just worked at Justice for a really long time and <laughs> so, and one of my coworkers was a big One Direction fan. Mm-hmm. Um and so I learned some more about One Direction, like Rainbow Bondage Bear. But I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't need to know. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, a very prominent theory is that 
Louis and Harry were in a secret long-term relationship with each other. And God help you if you tried to tell one of these people that they were wrong. I know Larry was a well-known thing among fans and uh, Rainbow Bondage Bear definitely stoked the flames of that. And I do blame Tumblr for teaching me about this bear. I feel like you're going to have to to do a little bit of primer <laughs> Does, do you not know what rain, Rainbow Bondage Bear is? Vaguely, but I try not to learn things about Larry. I think it's because I sent you. I think, yeah. So basically, one of the, this is my understanding of it. One Direction fans, do not come at me, please. But basically at this concert, a rainbow stuffed bear showed up. And then they kept, it kept showing up on stage dressed in like a leather harness and bondage gear. And it got its own Twitter and it would dress up in various costumes. Like it dressed up as Freddie Mercury multiple times like the bear and the band claimed they had no idea where the bear came from that they weren't responsible for the bear but it would have sometimes it would hold signs like showing support for the lgbtq community and things like that so people swore that this bear had something to do with larry and this was like their way of telling the fans or something like that and then one day like uh rainbow bondage bear just like disappeared i don't have answers i only have the internet at large history. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly it means that Larry broke up. Oh no, I never thought of that. <laughs> and then in a similar vein are the Kaler, the Kalers. Yes. And those are the people who think that Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift were in a relationship. And like the thinking that they might have had a relationship. Okay, you know, fine. What gets me about the Kalers is that they insisted that, like, Carly's marriage was a sham and it was just so that she and Taylor could continue to be in a secret relationship. And all of these things were like, Taylor and Carly are, are not friends anymore. And it's right been made pretty clear. And there are people that, like, still think that they're secretly together. Yeah, that was one that never made sense to me because, well, to be fair, like, neither of them really made sense to me, but... With Kaylor, I felt like it was a passing, like, oh, they were friends. They must be in a relationship. And everything these two women do is dictated by their need to hide their relationship. Mm -hmm. And that just seemed a little too extreme. Mm -hmm. the, al the TikTok algorithm is very good, but it has not quite been able to separate my love for Taylor Swift from the Kaylor theories. I still get a Kaylor theory a couple of times a week. Ugh. It is. And I am tired. I don't think that we need to replatform those conspiracy theories. I think we need to let people rest. I don't think we need to speculate on um, anyone's love life like that, but particularly not celebrities. Mm -hmm. We don't need to rehash them. We don't need to rehash any discourses, really, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we did this before. You guys can just go to Tumblr. I mean, the search feature is garbage, so good luck finding anything, but you should try. The search feature on every website I know and love is garbage. It's true. Except Google. But I wouldn't say that I know and love Google. Just has good search. <laughs> anyway. It's it's the blueprint for search. Right. Uh, the, the discourses I'm really thinking of too, there's always something new to learn and we it's always maybe worth talking about, but during quarantine, it seems like we rehash some real discourses of, of like real life issues, not celebrity conspiracy theories on TikTok a lot. And I know I remember seeing a lot of TikToks that were just some an older person like stitching it and being like, just just go just go to Tumblr, guys. Like we we did this. We already had this discussion. Yeah, I wonder how much of it started because millennials were just like bored during quarantine and they kind of invaded TikTok and like we took it over the only way we know how, which is to Tumblrize it. And how much of it is Gen Z just independently rehashing these discourses that have already taken place? Yeah, I I try to get I try and stay out of them on TikTok because I don't want to get back in them. But the one and you sent me this one, Katie. <laughs> Sorry. When it was no, it's okay. One thing that I definitely think we don't need to be redoing from Tumblr is the I like your shoelaces thing. And oh no, I was going to bring it up. I was going to sneakily later in the episode just be like, hey Bailey, I like your shoelaces. Oh no, I ruined it. I was just going to say, <laughs> you sent me a TikTok of someone painting their nails a specific way and saying like, this way if we see each other in public, we know you're on TikTok. And it was just like, no, not again. Thanks. The president <laughs> gave them to me. 
No, you. St- no, I stole them from the president. I'm sorry, I, I got I stole it them wrong. From the president. Oh my god. God, Bailey, were you even on Tumblr? I was. I just didn't want to participate <laughs> in this mockery. Yes. So that was a code phrase on Tumblr that uh, Tumblr decided to be able to I- identify other Tumblr users. If you saw someone in real life and you liked their vibe, you could say, "I like your shoelaces," and the Tumblr responses. Thanks, I stole them from the president. And I think part of that might have been, like I said earlier, Tumblr was a bit more like fringe. It wasn't considered necessarily the like main cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we felt like we had to be a little more... Uh, uh, secretive about it but I feel like with TikTok everyone's like oh my god are you on TikTok oh my god are you on TikTok did you see this do you love this creator it's a very different vibe I don't think we need a secret code for TikTok well I agree that we don't need a secret code I do think that TikTok is actually like a lot of different social media platforms in one because people can have such radically different experiences and for you pages based on the algorithm I do not have the same TikTok experience or the same TikTok community as Addison Ray. You know, that's fair. We're in very different spheres. And I think it's 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 fair to want to have something to unite the community, such as a you want to have an in-group code word or a symbol or a, uh, yeah, signal to others like you. But please stop. <laughs> right. Just ask friends. Honestly, mm-hmm. just-, just be that annoying person that sends so many TikToks to the group chat that eventually you bully all of them into getting a TikTok and then they send you TikToks, too. Katie did that. I did. It was successful. (laughs) It is. It worked. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I think there's uh, one fandom we kind of forgot to talk about, Katie. Which one? Marvel. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Marvel has fucking exploded on TikTok. I think WandaVision in particular and like Disney Plus and, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I think it started with WandaVision because... It's probably a really special moment in time where everyone was so fucking tired of being in quarantine and like desperate for new content. And then WandaVision was a very interesting and well done television show where there were lots of room that that's not how a sentence worked. Wow, brain. That wasn't how sentence worked either. <laughs> no. Neither of them were. There was lots of room to speculate and theorize. And That's something that Bailey and I have talked about in the past, about how largely in fandom, we don't get that same theorizing and theory crafting experience as we did back in the Harry Potter days. But it really made a comeback with Marvel and WandaVision. During WandaVision, I don't think, I think eight out of every 10 videos on my For You page were WandaVision videos. Right. And I correct me if I'm wrong, because I am not the world's biggest Marvel fan. (laughs) And this is not because I don't like Marvel. It's just... I've never gotten into it. So don't, I'm not saying I hate Marvel. I'm saying that like it's just not quite my thing. Mm-hmm. WandaVision came out weekly, correct? Yes. So it gave you that speculation time. And I do think binging affects that. And I think your fandom, like you're saying, like being able to speculate and talk to other fans and have time to like create and theorize is very important to growing fandom Mm -hmm. and i think that's part of why we see so many fandom fads come and go instead of sticking around right now is because there's a a flood of content and then there's nothing as opposed to these little like here you go have a little bit here you go have a little bit wait here you go wait how many years has it been (laughs) eight years for this book like Mm-hmm. Shout out to all my Outlander fans. We finally got a release date. Let's go. <laughs> Woo. Happy for you, bestie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that the the weekly distribution has definitely contributed to that. And it's, I mean, it's done a good job. It's really built hype. I don't think there was as much of the theorizing and the analysis videos for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There was still definitely a lot. I still saw a bunch on my For You page. I think people got a little bit burned with WandaVision because all of the theories that people were coming up with were more complicated than the show ended up being. Oh. And I think they're like, oh, like we got too deep into this. And, you know, it's a little bit less deep. It didn't deliver. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I was still wait I was still waiting for John Walker to secretly be Mephisto and Bailey you probably won't understand that reference at all but that's fine. No, not a Marvel fan, just a Sebastian Stan fan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, same. Oh my god. Uh, do you want to hear the most recent unhinged thing I did? No, yes. Tell the world. Um, I ordered a blanket covered in Sebastian Stan's face. <laughs> oh no, I took a really bad time to take a drink. <laughs> 
Can I use it next time I come over? Of course. Of yes. course you can. <laughs> it's really you. small. I might be able to fit it in my um, carry-on if I visit you in August. We can keep our toes warm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I saw it in a TikTok and I was like, I want that. And so then I purchased it like a psycho. <laughs> I I love it. That's so fun. Um, when <laughs> I was in Asheville last weekend, and we saw this dessert bar, which let us make s'mores in the bar. It was amazing. What? Uh, but they had, <laughs> yeah, they, they brought out a little, little like coal brazier, like that you roasted your coal, your marshmallow over the coal at your table. And we actually sat outside because it was a nice night, and you know we still aren't like fully into every restaurant we we see. But inside, we saw through the window they had a Harry Styles pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and then we spent time searching Harry Styles pillows on Etsy. <laughs> so we could, we wanted one of them in that leather from the performance at, uh, I can't remember what award show, but the leather, I mean, the leather. Yes, when he took the boa off, that's what we needed. Um, I'll let you know if we find that, but I am excited for your Sebastian sand blanket. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very happy with it. Anyway, but yes, Marvel is a big fandom on TikTok. I think it's always kind of been on Tumblr as well. I mean, Loki, at least, has always been huge on Tumblr. Oh, yes. Uh, when the Thor movies were first coming out, for sure, I remember seeing all of that. I think there's, again, I'm not super on top of my Marvel Universe uh, timing, mm-hmm. but I think there's there's just purely more content now for there to be all this stuff than there was uh, back when I was, I, that was really more like Iron Man era. Mm-hmm. And I think that that didn't inspire the same level of fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. History repeats itself. It does. The Godforsaken Clock app and the Blue Hell site are in many ways... The original Blue Hell site. The original Blue Hell site are in many ways soul sisters, soulmates, reincarnations. What am I trying to say? Two sides of the same coin. Sure. Yeah. 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 Especially with... um, Your Sebastian Stan comment reminded me of this and I was going to get to it, but... um, Night blogging. Oh, gosh. So it's essentially should have left this in the drafts, bestie. Mm-hmm. But night blogging would be when you would just say something that it's like, "Ooh, did you did you want to put that on the internet?" Mm-hmm. Night blogging was, I mean, it, it it's the same thing as shit posting. It's just before shit posting was a term, right? It was called night blogging, and we blamed it all on the Australians because they're yes. the ones who were awake while we, the Americans, were asleep. So. It must have been their fault. Side note, definitely was just literally Americans awake at night. Oh, for sure. The thing with night blogging was you could, your blog was totally anonymous. Well, I mean, I suppose people could have found out your IP address and like wild shit like that. But like for the most part, your blog was anonymous. You didn't, your username was whatever you wanted it. You could set your profile picture to like a cartoon character. So if you night blogged, oh, it was funny. People might like come for you in the tags or be like, shh. Those dang night bloggers at it again. But it wasn't tied to your identity forever. Mm-hmm. Whereas on uh, TikTok, when you have a video of your face doing your night blogging, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edibles Rex, I think her name is Simone. She had a really great video about how on Tumblr we were making all of these mistakes, like you said, Bailey, completely anonymous. Typically, people did not use the same usernames on Tumblr as they did on other social media platforms. Most of the time, Maybe a name and an age were given, but no other personal identifying information. You just really didn't use pictures of yourself. Everything about Tumblr was not tied to your identity. Whereas on TikTok, it's literally your face tied to whatever it is you're promoting. And I think there are really interesting and possibly scary implications about that. Yes, it's definitely just the next step in the trend of the internet getting more and more involved in our everyday life. With Tumblr, we could still be very separate from it if you wanted to be. Absolutely, there were people who went whole hog and had like their name and a picture of themselves, but you didn't have to. And not doing that didn't affect your ability to post or gain Tumblr popularity at all. But it TikTok definitely does. I think the creating content on TikTok without showing your face can be done, but it's not as popular as the the content where it's you on the screen. I hope that the kids these days are being careful. I hope you never say that phrase again. Makes us sound very old. Well, now I definitely will. Cool. Sorry. You just have to accept it. We we are old now. Yeah, old enough that I remember Dashcon. Oh my gosh. Dashcon 
was the best thing of all time. By which I mean a disaster. An utter disaster. Unmitigated. Yeah. <laughs> Dashcon was basically the idea that there would be a convention for Tumblr. So if you don't, if you're not familiar with like the convention scene, shortening something to con is just how you do it. So like Supernatural Con or like Gen Con is a gaming convention. Poss- possibly Comic Con. Oh, people might be familiar with. You know what? I skipped the most obvious one. The next one I was going to say is <laughs> Jordan Con, which is a convention specifically around Robert Jordan and the Wheel of Time universe, which is way more niche than Comic Con. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, that's much more niche than Comic Con. Anyway, cool DashCon <laughs> was the idea that a it was a fan convention for Tumblr users. It was the Fire Festival before there was Fire Festival. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair description. It had a lot of promises, and it did not deliver on them. Most famously, the ball pit. Oh, the ball pit. You've probably, if you're on the internet at all, you have probably seen a picture of a very sad ball pit in a large empty room, and that is the Dashcon ball pit. Basically, Dashcon was a great idea with poor execution that came under a lot of fire for being money grab with nothing for it. And um, recently, though I haven't seen it since it really took off right away, I've seen Book Talk Con. Mm-hmm going around um and i did just check the website today and there's like no further updates really mm-hmm. and i'm just worried that book talk con is going to be the modern dash con the next thing i i don't want it to be because i think that's like the idea of meeting up with other people who are very into the same thing as you are is great mm-hmm. i think that's why everybody wanted dash con to be a success but we'll see honestly i'll be happy either way with book talk con if it's a success that's great, and I'm really happy that people are going to get to meet with like-minded folks. And if it's a, d- a disaster, I will greatly enjoy that also. So I'm just excited for it. Can't wait to see what the next meme is. <laughs> What's like who peed in the ball pit? Oh, but for BookTokCon, who folded over the page in this book? Who broke the spine? <laughs> Me probably. Yeah, that's fair. I don't do it on purpose, but I'm also I'm just not fussy about it. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a one-handed reader because I'm must um if i'm reading an interesting book i'm not putting it down to eat or do whatever mm-hmm. so i need to be able to fold the pages back so i can do it one so i can like hold the book and read one-handed while i take care of whatever else needs taken care of which is why i like my kindle i saw a tiktok the other day i didn't send it to you because it was too upsetting of a girl who takes her books into the shower i i um looked that up today yeah yeah i saw one it, because in college my uh, dorm refrigerator defrosted and destroyed like eight books with water damage. Oh no. Two of which were not mine and I had to purchase uh, to give to the people who owned the actual book. Mm-hmm. And to this day, that book is twice as thick. It's uh, <laughs> the Dragonfly and Amber, the second Outlander book. Like it takes up so much more space on my bookshelf than it should because it's water damaged. Why would you do that on purpose? <laughs> Where are you storing all of these books that gained volume? I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, on one hand, I really like the look of a a well-loved book. I think that that is cool. But I'm also far too crazy to do that. Yeah. The one I saw was like my reading habits that drive other people crazy. And she annotated the books with pen. Mm -hmm. And apparently that makes people... No, guys... Honestly, if they if you own the book, annotate it in pen. If you do that to mm-hmm. the library copy, we I have questions because that's a public service. Like mm-hmm. don't don't be affecting other people's ability to enjoy it. But if you own the book, I don't care if you write in it. Mm-hmm. The ones that got me were all the like when I'm finished with a page, I tear it off, which are obviously jokes. But I was like, stop mm-hmm. tearing books. Yeah, they're jokes that hurt me deeply. Right. If you want to put ten thousand colored tabs in your book go for it. Mm-hmm. I guess if you want to fold down the page, fine. If you want to write in it, fine. If you want to take it in the shower, fine. It's fair. Any other thoughts on TikTok and Tumblr? I don't think so. I think it's just weird how many parallels can be drawn between the two things that are on the surface so different. Mm-hmm. One is a text-based platform because it didn't originally have pictures and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like it it was really a text-based platform and then this this video-based platform where especially when you consider how TikTok started and how it was intended. You know, it came from Musically and it was originally just a lip sync dance 
video app. And it's really blossomed into something very special out of just this like random video concept. And I think it's, I, I mean, I love TikTok unabashedly. I'm just that millennial who is a big fan. I mean, I use it from time to time. And by that, I mean like a fair amount, but I'm not, I'm not too deep in. I definitely love it. And I definitely do not love the fact that it serves many, many personal attacks. So many. It's, uh, Bailey and I like to joke that it's got a built-in mechanism to stop you from scrolling for too long because at some point it will just this you, you so badly that you have no choice but to close the app and think about your choices. Gotta walk away. Just gotta walk away sometimes. And I think I find the worst of those when Katie sends them to me. (laughs) I can't suffer alone, Bailey. You know this. I know. I must suffer with company. Isn't that why we have a podcast? (laughs) Literally. Uh, Okay, so next week, or two weeks from now, we will be talking about something, I assume you all will hear us. It's gay and it slaps. Mm -hmm. Another wonderful TikTok reference. The fantastic, her username I think is It's Lainey Rose. She had a fantastic TikTok about how the only book review that she needs is it's gay and it slaps and we know a lot of books that are gay and slap and we're really excited to talk about some of them yep and we'll sort of touch on the books and the differences in representation so uh review us on apple please and then join us next week for it's gay and it slaps and remember that we are right and we should say it pour yourself a glass of wine Let's start reading in between the lines Never know what we might find Yeah, it could be magic Oh Pros Tinted Glasses is hosted by Bailey Utrecht and me, Katie Phillips Our logo is by Baby Truth Collection and our theme song is by the very talented Anna Voss Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts It'll really help us grow We'll be here in two weeks to talk about our favorite books featuring LGBTQ characters and representation. Oh, and I like your shoelaces.